Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today on this second Sunday of Advent, our scripture lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, beginning in the first verse and continuing through the 20th. This is the familiar story of the Annunciation of the birth of the king to the shepherds by the angels. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For under you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Let us pray. O Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it is in the name of your Son, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio on this, the second Sunday of Advent. Thank you for fighting your way through the rock and roll marathon and making sure that you got here on time. Today is a special day because, as you've noticed, we are ready to present our children's Christmas pageant in the 11 o'clock service. And guess what? You're already here. You've already got your seat. You are here early. Well done. You don't, have to, you don't have to fight the rest of the crowd for a seat or anything like that. But today at the 11 o'clock service, the children of our church and our children's ministry will be presenting the annual Christmas pageant. Now, a lot of people love the Christmas pageant for sentimental and nostalgic re reasons. 
You know, we have this long-standing tradition in the church, and people want to be a part of it. They've got great memories about when they participated or their kids participated or what they did in the pageant one way or another. But we also know that the pageant's wonderful because it's always fun to talk about the new babies born that year and speculate, speculate on who might play the baby Jesus. You always wonder and worry if there's going to be a boy who will be willing to play Joseph, a girl who want to play Mary and a fifth or sixth grader who's confident enough to learn and deliver all those lines necessary to the angel of the Lord. And we all have to admit, it's pretty cute. Seeing these little people dressed up like mice, dressed up like sheep, dressed up like angels, and all the little ones, the youngest ones fidgeting and giggling and sometimes wandering around while the older ones are so serious, so dedicated, so focused on the special role that they've been called to play. But there's something special about the Christmas pageant that goes beyond sentimentality that goes beyond the nostalgia, that goes beyond the tradition, and even goes beyond the cuteness of it. One thing that I always want to remind the children is that the Christmas pageant is important because it's instructional. There are always, and there will be today, people who have never been to church before and who have never heard the Christmas story. We live, we live in an increasingly secular culture. In the past, one could count on hearing the Christmas story at school or seeing it depicted on TV or being represented in public nativity scenes. America then was not ashamed of the gospel as it seems increasingly to be today. Today, the holy has been removed from the holidays and Christmas has become a homogenized winter celebration. And all you can really talk about with any confidence is the weather. And so the pageant has become, in many ways, an act of evangelism. Because if we don't tell the story of Christ's birth, of God's great gift to all humankind, then no one will. So the pageant's not just sentimental, and it's not just cute, and it's not just simply instructional. It's not just a fun and memorable way to deliver the data points of Jesus' birth. The Christmas pageant can also be transformational. The Christmas pageant can be transformational because the Christmas story itself is transformational. And the difference, I believe, comes from following Mary's lead as it was expressed in verse 19 of the passage that we just read. Luke says that Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now, two weeks ago, on November 12th, Morgan and I were in Bethlehem with a group of people from our church. We were at a site called the Shepherd's Cave, which has been identified and, com and commemorated as the site where the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. In other words, this is the place where the words and the events of Luke chapter 2 really happened, where they took place. And as we were there, I started thinking about all kinds of stuff. I mean, this shepherd's field, this shepherd's cave is where the first human beings heard the gospel. 
The shepherds were the first people to ever hear about the birth of Jesus. And it really gripped my heart. And it really got me thinking. Luke writes that somewhere outside of Bethlehem, at that field, late at night, a group of shepherds were watching their sheep. Now, this was a group of hardworking, normal guys pulling a late night watch, doing a job that was necessary but unpopular. It was smelly. It was cold. They were probably bored. It was one of those jobs like Mike Rowe would talk about in Dirty Jobs on his TV program. They weren't famous. They were not rich. They were not powerful. They were not influential. They were just working class guys doing their job. When suddenly... In the dark of night, out of nowhere, appeared the angel of the Lord, bright like the sun, terrifying as lightning, big and loud and beautiful and awesome to behold, like nothing on earth and like nothing they had ever seen before. And the angels had come to deliver a message to these shepherds, because that's what angel literally means. It means messenger. And the angel said to them, unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I want you to think about this. Of all the people on earth, God had chosen these shepherds to be the first human beings to receive the good news that Jesus, the Messiah, had been born. That he had come. They did not announce this to kings or politicians or generals, not celebrities nor titans of industry, but shepherds. I mean, here we have these shepherds, ordinary, earthly, mortal, normal, human, face to face with beings so otherworldly, so weird, so supernatural that Hollywood's best special effects departments could not do them justice. And when the angel of the Lord had delivered the announcement, on cue, the armies of heaven sang out, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What does that word glory mean? It describes the beauty of, of the Lord. It describes that essence of God, that description of God that we, that we use. It's the word that we use when we don't have other words to describe what we've really seen. Glory to God in the highest. The angels put on quite a show that night. But why? For what purpose did they put on this show? Well, it wasn't a performance. It wasn't about the angels. It wasn't about these messengers. No, this, this display was about the Son of God. And the purpose of the show was to announce the coming of the Messiah. All signs, all fingers pointing to him. In other words, the angels did all of this to get there and to get our attention. That's why the angels put on a show that, that night. The purpose of the show was to announce the coming of the Messiah. Go to Bethlehem and see. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
He is Christ the Lord. He is the Savior. What does that mean? He is God's Christ. It means he is his his anointed one. He is his chosen one. Chosen to be what? Chosen to be the Savior of the world. He is the one who will save the world. The prophets said that he would bring good news to the poor. He would bind up the brokenhearted. He would proclaim liberty to the captives. He would open the prison doors to those who were bound. He would comfort those who mourn because he would take away death and its sting. He will change the very nature and dynamics of civilization. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The nations of the earth shall beat their swords into plowshares, and every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. And the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The angels came to tell the shepherds and to tell us that this baby is going to change the world. And when the angel had finished his announcement, the heavens burst open and the choirs of heaven sang glory, glory, glory. And then the angels left as suddenly as they appeared. And the the shepherds were left in that pasture, in that cave with nothing left but the starry sky and a lot of questions. But then the story goes that the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. Luke tells us that they went with haste. And when they got there, there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. In other words, they told Mary and Joseph what the angels had told them. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But listen to this. While everybody else was trying to figure out what the shepherds were talking about, because remember, Bethlehem was crowded that night. It was so crowded that that they had to sleep out in a cave, out out in a stable where they were keeping the animals. So they probably weren't the only ones there. We never think about that, but there may have been other families in there with them. And everybody who heard this, mo- this news were trying to figure out what's going on. What is this all about? What are, these, what are these shepherds saying? And while they're all trying to figure it out, and they're probably peppering them with a thousand questions, it says in verse 19, but Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. Scripture says she pondered them in her heart. When Mary heard the report of the shepherds, it got her attention. It made her think. But what was Mary pondering in her heart? What was she thinking about? She knew who Jesus was. She knew where he had come from. So what was Mary pondering? I think she was pondering the declaration and the celebration of the angels. That all heaven was erupting with joy at the birth of her royal son. I think she was pondering the reaction of the shepherds 
that for the first time since she had heard that she was going to carry the son of God, that real people now knew what she had known for months. This wasn't just her secret anymore. The news was out. Mary had a baby. But most of all, I think she was pondering the implications of the news. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for my baby? What does this mean for the people I love? And what does this mean for the world? And the scripture tells us that these are not questions that she just wrestled with intellectually. The gospel says that she was pondering these things in her heart. These are questions that were digging at her core. These are not just theological questions. These are personal questions. This was deeper. The questions got under her skin. She was pondering. She was meditating. She was going deep. She was thinking deeply. So at one point on our trip, I was talking with a member of our group, John Peters. You may know John. John's one of our deacons. He's the son of a Presbyterian minister. He's a world traveler, and he's also a really great student of the Bible. He knows the Bible front and back. So one day, I think we were at Mount Carmel, I pulled him aside, and I said, so John, have you learned anything new? And he said this, he said, it's not so much what I'm learning as much as what I'm pondering. And he'd heard all these stories before his whole life. So it's not so much what I'm learning, it's what I'm pondering. And that, that statement just sort of blew me away. And so for the rest of the trip, this happened on the first day, the rest of the trip, my daily question for people on our, our trip was this, not just what are you learning, but what are you pondering? And that's my question for you today. What are you pondering, like Mary, this Christmas? What are you pondering? What is inspiring you? What's got you scratching your head? What's bothering you? I mean, when you heard the Christmas story today, wherever you are in your life, whatever's going on in your life, what are you thinking about? I mean, maybe you've heard this story a thousand times, or maybe it's the first time you've heard it. The point is that the story hasn't changed. But maybe you have since the last time you heard it. Bethlehem hasn't moved, but maybe you have. How is your life different from the last time you heard this story? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about today? Maybe you are a new parent. It's your first Christmas with kids. Or maybe you've retired. Maybe you've just sent a child off to college or you're a new empty nester. Maybe you've lost a child or lost someone very important in your life. Maybe you just got a promotion at work. 
Or maybe you got some troubling news from the doctor. Maybe the challenges of life have just gotten too big for you to handle. Or maybe you just feel like you're going through the motions. Who knows, maybe you had a bad experience with the church or maybe you feel like God isn't real or he doesn't care. Maybe you've prayed and prayed, but God just doesn't seem to answer. Does this story get your attention today? Does it challenge you? Does it bore you? Does it awaken you? Does it turn you off? Does it turn you on? What are you thinking as you hear this story? What are you pondering? Are you pondering the details? What happened? Are you asking yourself, is it true? Or are you asking, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for the people I love? What does this mean for the world? Is the Savior real? Did he really come? Is he still here? Does he care? And does any of that make a difference in my life? What are you pondering today? I want to issue you a challenge today. I want to challenge you to ponder the Christmas story and to ponder the pageant. Not because it's traditional, not because it's cute, not because it's sentimental, not because it's instructional, but because it's a true story, because it's a real story. It really happened, real events, real people, real places, real time, and it is transformational. The angels announced the coming of the Savior, and the message of the angels is for every tribe and nation and tongue. But you know what? It's also a message for you. I want you to think about the words of the angel. I want you to think about what they mean. I want you to turn them over in your mind. And I want you to know that he was not just speaking to people back then or people way over there. He was talking to you. He came for the people you love. He came into your world. Not just way back then, but now. Not just for everybody else, but for us. The Savior has come. Who or what in your life needs saving? Who or what in your life needs restoration or redemption? A son, a daughter, a friend, a spouse? You? Who needs saving? Who's broken or trapped or lost or defiant? Who is sick or hurt or lonely? Who needs direction or healing? Who needs a savior? You? Me, us, all of the above. I hope that's what you're pondering today. I hope the story has got your attention and you're thinking about it. Because the Christmas story can be nostalgic, it can be cute, it can even be instructional, but it can also be transformational. But transformation is not just born from what you learn 
It's born from what you ponder. Not just what you believe in your brain, but what you treasure and wrestle with in your heart and live out in your will. The good news of Christmas can change your life. It can change the lives of the people you love. And it can change the world. If we will just take some time and take Mary's lead and ponder the message of the angels. Ponder the story and ponder the pageant. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have heard this story so many times that we take it for granted. And we think that we don't need to pay attention to it because it never changes. We've heard it before. But what's the difference in the equation? It is that we have changed. And maybe this time right now in 2022, maybe we're more in need of a savior than we were in 2021. Maybe we're more in need of a savior in December than we were in November, than we were yesterday, than we are today. Lord, work on our hearts. Let your good news be news to us. Let it awaken us. And let the story of your son, who has not only come, but will come again, get our attention. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.